Welcome and thank you for joining us on Inside Bend, a podcast where we get an inside look at the city of Bend from the people who keep our city running. You'll hear about the innovative ways our local government is responding to our community's needs and helping shape Bend's future. I'm your host, Jacob Larson. It's that time of the year again when temperatures drop and we start to see some snowflakes falling. That's why we wanted to check in with our transportation and mobility director, David Abbas, to learn more about the process for preparing for winter and what you can expect from your streets crew when we start to see snowfall. Okay, today on the podcast, I am joined by David Abbas. He is our Transportation and Mobility Director. David, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks for having me. This is kind of becoming an annual thing where we sit down and chat about winter um, as we head into November and these colder months. So thank you for taking the time um, to talk because it's something that people care a lot about here. We do get snow in this town. Yep. Yeah, it's good to bring it up annually at this time before winter. Uh, Not only, like you mentioned, the folks here care about it, safety, getting around town and and recreating here, Uh, but also we have a lot of new folks that move to Bend every year, uh, Central Oregon every year. So it's good to get this out there and talk about uh, what what our department does for winter operations and and why. So thanks for having me. Of course. So maybe that's kind of a good place to start is what what do your crews do to kind of get ready for the winter as far as getting plows and sanders and all that ready uh, to roll? Yeah, we uh, this time of year and and we're basically wrapping that up this week. Weather's changing. Uh, You know, we we wind down from our construction season and uh, transition our, our vehicles over for winter operations. So that's, you know, putting in sander units in the back of dump trucks, uh, getting all the plows ready and uh, maintained, ready to hook up um, and, and to go. So plows and sanders, our, ma- our mag trucks, uh, we use mag as a pre-treatment if the conditions are correct. So we get all that equipment ready to go. Um, and so we're wrapping up on that process about now. Um, and then the other thing we do, uh, basically starting daylight savings, is we switch from our summer construction crews uh, schedules uh, to our winter ops schedule. And, and we, we take our staff and we split them up into two shifts. With the first uh, shift starting at 4 a.m. and uh, working through noon, uh, as far as a standard eight-hour day, uh, five days a week, our, our summer construction season, taking advantage of the daylight and, and the weather, we're, we're 410s. Um, but we, in the wintertime, we go to 5.8s to be, uh, you know, have that additional coverage uh, for the community. So there's a 4 a.m. to noon shift and an 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. shift. So we got that one-hour overlap, kind of pass the baton, uh, so to speak, to the to the next snowplow driver. Um, so we have uh, Monday through Friday coverage from 4 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, standard. Really get the morning commute and the evening commutes. Uh, try to have those. Uh, safe and uh, then we have the ability to run overtime uh, if mother nature is, is calling for that and if we get into you know snowmageddon's like we had back in 2015-16 uh, uh, we take those two shifts and, and run 12-hour uh, shifts for for basically around the clock coverage with staff and resources and, and equipment we have right and i think it's important for people to understand too that um maybe this is more of an art than a science in some respect in that you kind of got to change and adapt and and move with what mother nature throws at you like that's important that you're adaptable this time of year yeah, yeah we, we definitely monitor forecast and and mother nature and and uh 
you know, got, got to be nimble and, and adjust to what, uh, what Mother Nature is throwing at us. And, you know, so maybe it's, um, maybe it is a mag chloride as a pretreatment if, if all the conditions are, are correct in that. Uh, maybe it's sanding. Um, and then on the snow plowing side of it, um, you know, really when we get to like two inches or more of snow, that's really when the plows start hitting the ground. And we do have microclimates in Bend, you know, so the west side or the, or the Butte or the southwest, south side, a lot of times can get more snow than, you know, the east or northeast side. So, yeah, we have to be nimble. Uh, staff does a, a good job and prideful in trying to keep the road safe. Um, and then our plowing, uh, we, we break the city up into priorities. And so with our staff and our equipment, uh, you know, we're, we try to set up for average if you will snow uh, or winter um, doesn't make sense to have staff and equipment to to hit 900 plus lane miles that we're at now uh, you know in one day uh, that equipment to be sitting most of the year and um, so our staff focuses on our priority ones our, our arterial uh, roadways our, our main roads the most traffic commerce business um, and then our priority twos are what we call collector streets that collect folks from neighborhoods and things and, and connect them to those arterials. And also in that priority two kind of level is um, medical facilities, major employment centers, schools, uh, those types of areas. And then priority threes are, are really our local residential roads. So our staff really is focused on priority ones and twos. If we get a snowstorm and um, you know that 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 storm blows on farther east or it leaves the area, our, our staff then once our ones are taken care of and our twos are taken care of, is that they can get out into the local residential areas. It's not like we don't try to get out there, but you know sometimes on a storm event, uh, if they start plowing at 4 a.m. in the morning, uh, maybe by the time they get through their section and and we have staff and equipment assigned to sections. Maybe there's another four inches where they started that morning. And, and so there might be days where we're on priority ones all, all day long, you know, until that, that storm resides. Um, when we get to a point uh, in, a, in a major event, and typically we start talk, having the discussions when there's around six inches of snow, um, but then there's also other factors. What's the forecast? Is, is the storm almost over? Or are we supposed to get snow for the next week? But when we get to that point, that's where we call in on-call contractors for help for that additional um, staff and equipment and resources uh, for those major events. And then those on-call contractors uh, really are focused on those priority three local residential roads while our staff remains focused on the arterials and collectors. Last winter wasn't the most, the craziest winter for us. A lot of times I hear from people like, well, why don't we have enough like these big snow cities um, like Toronto or things like that where we can just plow every road and take care of it easily. But we have a winter like last year where we probably don't need that kind of equipment and so it doesn't make financial sense, right? Correct, and and we've had, in my opinion, born and raised here, we've, we've had a, you know, a couple, two or three light winters in a row now. Um, you know, we have maybe the, the, the one kind of major event, but I mean, as far as the overall winter, um, been pretty light here recently. And so, yeah, it doesn't make sense to have that expensive equipment and, uh, you know, for just that one week uh, out of the year. And, and when we do have those light winters, our staff is then working on other things, um, you know, that, that we can work on. So, um, 
again, being nimble in how you treat it and what Mother Nature throws at you, we're trying to be nimble with, with our, our staff and equipment and workload and, um, during the wintertime. And, you know, moving forward, there, there's the transportation fee discussion occurring and, and kind of better uh, year-round service, I'll call it, uh, for all users of the right-of-way, just, not just the travel lanes. And, and so our snowplows try to plow curb to curb which on a lot of roads, uh, the major arterials and collectors, that also includes the bike lanes. Um, and, uh, you know, so folks can really help us out if, if, if it's snowing and they know there's snow, if their cars, vehicles, trailers, basketball hoops, garbage cans, things of that nature are not in the road, uh, it, it certainly helps out on the snow plowing uh, efforts. We've seen a lot of changes in uh, some of the roadways. Um, Wilson comes to mind with the protected bike lane there. What's kind of the plan this winter with plowing? You know, you talk about curb to curb. That difficult to do with the protected bike lane full-size snow plows do not fit in that protected exactly. bike lane so we're, we're in the process of acquiring some small uh, small equipment we, we have a little bit now uh, which we'll use on Wilson uh, the example you had there uh, but m moving forward we're, we're looking at some smaller more nimble uh, equipment uh, for year-round uh, so sweeping uh, winter ops uh, whether that's again depending on what mother nature throws at us is it a is it a kick broom cleaning off a multi-use path or a sidewalk is it a a snow plow is it a snow blower um, as we continue to urbanize and, and densify um, the, the more we'll be ha having to transition and, and it's that more expensive equipment that you know maybe Toronto or some of the other cities you mentioned have but into a snow removal operation in certain areas not just snow plowing uh, you know I'm talking looking ahead in the future um, but as we continue to grow urbanize densify uh, we'll, we'll have to be nimble and transition in that direction as well right and so I think that might be a change that some people see this this winter too is that you mentioned key routes will um, kind of be emphasized I think they'll kind of be considered a priority too and so you may see some of those neighborhood greenways get plowed but other neighborhood streets might not get plowed is that right correct correct and and some of that focus on those key routes and and some of that enhanced uh, level of service for you know all users uh, is, is really kind of part of that transportation fee uh, discussions that are occurring to improve not only our maintenance of the system so uh, during the summertime and, and be looking at uh, sidewalk infill where, there, where there's missing sidewalk you know more, more than just a maintenance approach really I mean we're out there boots on the ground and and can we have a complete street approach and while we're there what other needs does that street or that location have um, you know not just doing a slurry seal or chip seal or or, or fixing a pothole or the pavement uh, you know re repaving but what else is needed there from from sidewalk to safety enhancement to enhanced pedestrian crossings um, signage and those things those programs that, uh, that that transportation fee would help support you know not only just our maintenance but where can we enhance and, and do a complete street effort while we're there and be efficient those programs and the staff uh, supporting those programs then also 
adds to our winter operations abilities and resources. And so that's kind of really the why. I mean, you've touched on the transportation fee now a, a couple times, and obviously that's been in the news and, and people are talking about it in the community. So um, is that kind of really the why behind it is to continue the level of service or even improve the level of service um, yeah. that our community members are used to? Yeah, I, I would say improve and, and meet those expectations on that level of service that we're, that we're hearing from the community. Uh, so the, a piece of it is, you know, maintain our, our not only our existing system and, and, and get it to the level that, that it should be to be most cost effective in the maintenance aspect, uh, but then also enhance it. How can we make it safer and, and deliver on, you know, some of those programs in the transportation system plan uh, for safety for all users? Some of the questions we get are just, you know, well, why can't we move money from over here and and, and give it to, to your team and, and your department and, and make it happen that way? Why do we why do we need to tack on another fee here um, and maybe just kind of explain to people why it has to be this way? Right. Uh, a couple things. So a, a big portion of our budget for operations and maintenance has come from the state fuel tax. And that is a, um, a, a stagnant, I'll call it, if not declining revenue source in recent years. Um, more fuel efficient vehicles and things. Um, so that's not keeping pace with um, the needs uh, of a growing city. Um, it's not keeping pace with the inflation. Uh, so that's a big part of our uh, current revenues that, that's just not keeping pace. Uh, the other element, you know, the voters, um, thank you voters, passed the, the GEO bond for transportation uh, to get some safety enhancements, improvements. To, to our system. Uh, those are capital improvement dollars um, for, for kind of new improved infrastructure. Uh, it's not for operations and maintenance. It's not for patch and potholes. Um, and so with the you know, growth and new projects, growing system to maintain, uh, really the transportation fees are try to keep pace with that um, and, and serve the community there and, and do, it, do it efficiently. Uh, when you pay your water bill or your sewer bill, those are enterprise funds, and, and those funds need to stay for maintaining, operating the water or sewer system, for an example. Uh, those are based on master plans and facility plans. Again, with a growing growing city, you know, we want folks to be able to turn on their water and, and, and work, flush their toilet. Uh, so th those are enterprise funds. We can't take your water bill um, funds and, and, and go fix a street with it. That's, that's for the water system, for example. Uh, back to a couple snow items for you. Um, things that we get questions a lot about, uh, snow berms. Do you have tips for people on how to avoid that? Yeah, I mean, so reminder for the folks, uh, both existing and new to the area, uh, sidewalk uh, snow clearing, uh, you know, sidewalk uh, maintenance is the adjacent property owner's uh, responsibility. And uh, we, we do have our staff that, that focuses on areas that, that there's not that, you know, distinct clear adjacent property owner, so bridges and roundabouts and things of that nature. But yeah, as, you, as you're removing uh, and taking care of your sidewalk, um, put, put the snow in your yard, not back out in the street for the snow plow to catch it again. And then, you know, just upstream of your driveway, uh, if you're able to clear out an area, that way when the snow plow is, is coming through, uh, that snow that's accumulated on that snow plow can uh, ideally kind of exit or dump, dump off of the snow blade ahead of your driveway, not in your driveway. Um, 
and then we're looking at ways we can improve and, and help on those things. You know, we, we put a snow gate, is what we call it, on one of our graders. Uh, we have two graders, uh, so the snow gate doesn't work on every piece of snow equipment, but it's a, a hydraulic snow gate that, that maybe some folks have seen for intersections or mailbox or bus stops or, or driveways uh, to where uh, it, it helps prevent uh, creating a snow berm across those locations. Um, We've had good results with it. Uh, it's one piece of equipment. It, it's not going to serve the whole city. And, and that one piece, of motor motor graders are a big, big unit, big piece of equipment. And so they're mainly on the uh, those priority ones we talked about. And you touched on sidewalks too. I wanted to ask you as well. Um, we get a lot of questions. You know, why doesn't the city just come clear my sidewalk? Obviously, we don't have the capacity for this. But also, when you think about other big snow cities as well, like this isn't unique to Bend. The snow, co the sidewalk code as far as snow removal, like this is something that happens across the country where property owners adjacent to the sidewalk are responsible for it. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of this we're all in this together oh, yeah. mentality during the winter. Help out your neighbor when I, you can. I would say year round. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a I, good I, thing, I, right? Yeah. Be a community, help each other out. I mean, if, if you've got a neighbor that's, uh, you know, elderly, disabled, uh, whatever the case, uh, you know, yeah, help out. It, it takes us all to get through it together and, and uh, you know, be ready for it. Just like we were talking our transition over to winter ops, whether that's transitioning equipment and training and those things, uh, we're getting ready for it. Ask the community to do the same, you know, and be ready for it, whether that's, you know, uh, tires on, on your vehicle or, or your, your driving style and habits in the winter need to be different than the summer. Uh, you know, your snow shovels, your roof rakes, those things, you know, just be ready for it. I was going to ask you that question next. It kind of segues into it because you've mentioned, you know, you're born and raised here in central Oregon. Um, maybe what are what are some things you do to get ready for winter or, or what do you recommend for people um, as we head into the winter months? Yeah, I mean, th there's the obvious stuff of uh, you know blowing out your irrigation systems and things like that in your house and your vent screens and stuff but uh, with with regards to the transportation system you know that that we try to maintain and keep safe for, for the community uh, you know really again your, your snow uh, snow shovels and, and your tires uh, you know they make some pretty pretty good uh, winter tires these days that are not studless uh, that's you know there's been talk about studded tire bands but that that would need to be a, a kind of a state-led initiative not a local initiative uh, but yeah have your vehicle ready have your home ready and then your your driving style and driving habits you know give yourself a little more time uh, for your commute or uh, running your errands and take take the time give you give yourself more time to stop more stopping distance those kind of things do you get excited for winter i mean having grown up here and everything i mean is it like is that your favorite season or do you prefer the uh, summertime what, I, what? I, I like i like four seasons fall yeah. fall falls a fun time uh, leaves change it's beautiful out there um what winter times uh, um, I'm, I like all four seasons. Uh, some, some are shorter than others here, uh, depending on the right. depending on the year. But it's a good good place. Good good uh, good to have that mix here in Central Oregon. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Thank you to David for joining us on the podcast. If you want more great winter tips, you can head to bendoregon.gov/winter. Thank you for tuning in to Inside Bend. If you enjoy listening, don't forget to subscribe and you can check back each month for new episodes. And also a very special thank you to the Pitchfork Revolution for providing us with this music. Mm -hmm.